Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Today is a brand new Sunday to start a brand new series. Wow. We have been planning for this Sunday behind the scenes. And I'm glad to bring it to the forefront. Anticipate. Like we tell our kids sometimes, can you say anticipate? Can you say anticipate? Anticipate. Kind of very good. Anticipate is an amazing series that we are anticipating some things. My assignment this morning is about restoration, but before you go completely down the road with relationships, I'm not really going that direction. We welcome those that are online with us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being faithful to the house of God, either on-site or online. As a pastor, it's our goal that we make every opportunity available to us to get to church, regardless of your health, regardless of your age, regardless of your comfort level. I think we have an obligation to open up avenues so that we can lean into the throne of God with an anticipation, especially the next three weeks that we're going to anticipate God doing something great, something different, maybe in some of your lives, something better. But anticipation, I think anticipation in the secular world would segue into a godly perspective of maybe faith. I'm anticipating God's going to do something. God's going to restore a situation. I have faith. Anticipate according to the Bible to realize beforehand, foretaste or foresee. Anticipate pleasure to expect, to look forward. Something that is sure. I'm anticipating that God is going to step into your world, step into your boat, step into your bubble. And as you lean into the next three Sundays, that you're going to get a revelation and a measure and a nugget of hope that everything is not falling apart and the world is not crumbling, but God is in control and God is in charge and God orchestrates everything for the good of them that are called according to his purpose. I'm anticipating a word from God. I'm anticipating God will anoint me to speak to your valley and your mountaintop. Can you shout amen? Woo! Let's honor the word of the Lord as you stand. The book of Joel, Old Testament book of Joel. Some cinnamon, synonyms, cinnamon sounds good, but some synonyms. Expect, foresee, predict, forecast, prophecy, foretell count on, bank on, synonyms. Este palabra es de lo mismo to the original anticipate. I don't know anticipate in Spanish, so I got to bounce back into English. Those are words that are similar, that are cerca to the same word. They're called synonyms in English. In Spanish, it's called cinnamon. Not really, just pay attention with me. Some of you are thinking, man, pastor's good. Now I make up some words when I get stuck. 
Hey, let's draw our attention to the book of Joel chapter 2. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I send among you. And ye shall eat in plenty. Someone shout amen. And be satisfied. Amen. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Wow. What a promise of anticipation. We shall eat plenty. We shall be satisfied. And we shall and we will praise the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. He says, I will restore. So evidently they're in a famine, they're in a situation that's they've seen better days. I will restore to you the days and the years. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you about anticipation today. Heavenly Father, we enter into a brand new direction. A word from heaven, God. I pray that the angels, God, would be dispatched to this house and to every viewer, Lord, into their home, their living room, their kitchen, God, wherever they're viewing from through technology. I pray the Spirit of God will rest in that atmosphere, Lord, that you would anoint me once again to preach the profound prophetic word of God to some amazing people, God, that we live together down here on earth. Bless us, anoint us, let us stay focused for a few minutes. In the name of Jesus, if you received the prayer, could someone shout amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you for, for standing. You can be seated this morning. According to the world, restoration means to bring back something that is old, something that is worn out, dilapidated, or broken, back to its former state. Things that need restoration are things that over time have become old. They have slipped into the state of neglect or disrepair. Nothing stays as fresh as the day as when you buy it. You see, clothing becomes faded, threadbare, and ultimately returns to dust. Everything ages and everything wears out, according to the world. Restoration. Restoration in the Word of God is differently from the world's restoration. While the world says that restoration is bringing something back to its original state, the biblical definition of restoration or the godly restoration definition means to bring something back to the state where it could even be better than the original form. Come on, somebody. Did you hear me? The biblical view or a godly restoration is bringing something back into the state where it would have been better than its original form when it started. I'm here to tell you, my friend, I'm anticipating God bringing us back to a restoration that this church and the people of the living God are better than the pre-pandemic people that I used to preach to, and this church is better than the pre-pandemic church that I used to attend. Why? Because God restores better than the original condition. Can you shout amen? Amen. Woo! None of this is more clear than the story of Job. We know the story of Job. I'm sure he said, preach as well. But what if we change the name of that chapter and put your name in there? They don't preach as well. I don't want to live there. But in Joel chapter 42, it says, The Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. He blessed the latter. The biblical definition means bringing something into the state where it would be even better than its original condition. God blessed the latter 
better than the beginning. Can I just preach to somebody here this morning and those of you that are watching, no matter what you have felt in the last 11 months since March, we have been in utter chaos. We have been in uncertain times. We have been stressed and pressured and our attention has been divided. But I want to preach to somebody here today that God will bless the latter more than he blessed you in the beginning. So what are you saying in layman's terms? I'm saying whatever blessings you had before, God's going to blow it up and bless it bigger and better than that. Why? Because I'm anticipating the voice of God. I'm anticipating the hand of God. I'm anticipating. Come on, somebody hear me. Glory. You see, you anticipate because you can't see it right now. I anticipate because I'm listening to the voice of God and things will get better. He will restore double and better than the way it was in the pre-pandemic. I'm telling you and I'm prophesying to this church this morning that this church will be better post-pandemic than it was pre-pandemic. Why? Because God is restoring the people of the living God that stay true and that stay faithful and that stay honorable and that walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Hallelujah. I'm anticipating a restoration in 2021. I'm anticipating a restoration for your household to make it better than the pre-pandemic household. I'm anticipating your family to be better than they were pre-pandemic when you thought everything was okay. And in your mind, you size it up. Hey, I got a great life. Knowing a little bit after God's done with the restoring, you're going to have an amazing, wonderful, insane, incredible life. Why? Because God brings things better than the original state when we walk in the spirit. I'm praying for restoration in our health. That your health pre-pandemic that you just lived with and thought it was great that now when God gets done with it, what? We are anticipating restoration that God would do all things well and all things better, and pardon my English, but all things gooder. I think most of you like the last one. That bothers me a little bit with your grammar. He's a gooder God than he was before. Maybe, just maybe in this pandemic, we've allowed spiritual things, holy things, Godly things to slip into the state of neglect and disrepair. Just maybe, somebody, hear me out. 2021 is a year of anticipation. Someone shout anticipation. anticipation. There needs to be a restoration in our relationships with God. That my relationship with God is restored to a better condition than it was pre-pandemic in March. That my relationship with the Holy of Holies and the sensitivity of the moving of God is restored to a better condition because God makes the latter better than the beginning. Then I've got to say I'm anticipating that my relationship with the King of Kings is going to be way better than it was before last March. Can someone shout amen? Come on, what are you doing? I'm anticipating, Brother Tony. That every one of us that are streaming online and watching or here in person, that your life will be amazingly better because God's going to restore it better than it was. How do you know, Pastor? I'm anticipating. I'm foretelling. I'm banking on. As the dictionary even said, I'm prophesying. It used that word. In order for a restoration to take place, we first need to acknowledge that there exists a state of disrepair and neglect. Yeah. 
that you have to recognize, that I have to recognize. And when you come up and fess up with God in the mirror, hey, is my life in a state of disrepair and neglect? That is the first step to God saying, hey, I'm going to restore you. How can I restore you if you think nothing's wrong? But God thinks, come on, somebody, i got to preach a little bit now. Even if God thinks there's something wrong and you don't, God can't restore you because you think there's nothing that needs to be restored. I'm telling you, you need to anticipate God in your life. Say, God, hey, I'm not as holy as I used to be. I'm not as pure as I used to be. And so the state of disrepair or neglect in my life, yes, it's possible. The second law of thermodynamics states that there is a natural tendency of any isolated system to degenerate into a more disorder of state. Anything left to itself ends up in chaos. It's my layman's terms. Anything that's brand new left in that condition deteriorates. You can have a brand new car. You can have a brand new anything. Just let it sit for five or six or seven years, even in a garage. And you go try to start it and see if the tires even have air in it. It it lapses its newness. Maybe there's no scratches on it. Maybe there's a little bit of dust. But you're going to have to do something to start that car. Why? Because it slipped into a state of disrepair. But to look at it from the curb, hey, that guy has a nice car in his garage. That thing looks pristine, Brother Ruben. That thing is nice. It doesn't look like he ever drove it. You know what, sir? It won't even start. The battery's dead. The tires are half flat. They have flat spots on them. There's cobwebs under the tires. Why? Because it is an isolated system that goes into disorder. And we must acknowledge that we have drifted from God. The pandemic has put a wedge between us. And the pandemic has been the rip current that has pulled us away from godliness godlessness to godlessness we were godly and just the state of disrepair and neglect as we were been fighting to swim and to stay afloat in this pandemic era from from being laid off to hours cut to being furloughed to the vaccine to the political world to the housing market to the come on now somebody I used to be godly, but now when I look in the mirror, I feel like I'm godless than what I used to be before this all started. It takes a real person, someone with stability and someone with maturity that will look in the face of God and say, God, yes, I think I have drifted off. I'm not as holy as I used to be. I'm not as spiritual as I used to be, God. I got a revelation this morning. I'm anticipating to be restored by the power of the preached word of God, and I'm leaning into the possibilities that God will restore my family and God will restore my spirit. And God will restore my footsteps. Come on now, somebody. And so the pandemic has been the rip current that has pulled us away from godliness to godlessness. Notice, notice this, my friends. We have drifted, not run away, not given up faith, just drifted. Simply put, we have had less God in the last 10 months than ever before. 
We have. If you don't want to admit it, my friend, I'm telling you, you're in denial. As a pastor, I know this. Every pastor struggles with this. Pastors network like any other business, and we're all struggling with how to keep people godly because we see them being godless. Again, drifting. Nothing blatant, nothing black and white, nothing overt, drifting away from God because this pandemic has been the rip current that has slowly sucked us out to sea. And if we're not too careful in the near future, we're going to look back and see the church over yonder and wonder how I got this far out and do I have the strength to swim back to the Holy of Holies because the rip current, I just floated out. I'm here to wake us up this morning, anticipate. We're only the third Sunday of this year. We've got a lot of more Sundays to go. 48 Sundays to go. How many are there? 52? That's right. Bless God. When you're not sure of something, you just say, bless God, and then keep going. Bless God. Hallelujah. 48 more Sundays, even if you don't count this one. So what was the purpose of this sermon series? Is to get us refocused. And to reset a mid-course correction that we have to stay holy and sensitive to the things of God. The world would desensitize us. The news would desensitize you. All the media would desensitize you. All the social media is garbage and junk. You need to take a break and say, hey, God, I want to be restored. And you come first. And this comes fourth and fifth. But I can't make sure that I flip-flop the order that my relationship with God used to be. Church attendance, what once was mandatory, has become optional. Worship, which was once vibrant and loud, has become tired and scattered. And we have to really manage ourselves, my friend. And thank God we have technology, but make sure we don't abuse it. And there's legitimate reasons why people stream into church service. I get it. I respect that. I'm not even discounting that. I'm just saying you better do some soul searching if you want God to restore you. You can't be naive and ignorant to your own devices when God's saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh I'm anticipating some of us are going to wake up. I have a pastoral anticipation that the church is going to gain traction. Well, when's the pandemic going to live? I don't know, but I'm definitely not going to drift no more. That's for sure. I'm not going to take things for granted. I'm not going to take the easy way out. No, I'm going to get back to my original state and then let God touch me from there and double that relationship and that excitement and that peace and that joy and that faith. What are you doing? I'm anticipating a complete makeover. That God makes us better than we were before. That God makes our homes stronger than they were before. That God makes our relationships greater and deeper than they were before. Can someone shout amen? The early church wanted to know what must I do to be saved, but today's church is asking what can I do and still be saved. Come on, someone take a screenshot of that at home. I guess if you're here, you could do it too. Sorry, I didn't mean to rule you out. Remember, we preach it all the time. It preaches easy. Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, but when you back up a verse or two, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? And that's where Peter gets up and rips it up in verse 38. But he's answering the question. And in this 21st century, very liberal society that we live in, and do your own thing and anything goes, 
It's been like that for years, but it gets worse and worse every year. And then with that mentality of humanity, lay a, a layer of a pandemic on it. And now say, hey, what can I do and still be saved? No, 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 no. That's not old school Bible teaching. That's some easy relationship with God. Hey, live both lives. Do both things. God is forgiving. God is all love. Yeah, yeah, he is in the right context. You can't just pluck out the word love in the Bible and say, hey, God's going to love me and live like I want. Here, God said love. No, no, no. What about the other 66 verses and all chapters rather? No, you cannot take stuff out of context to pad the way you want to live and think you're right with God, my friend. You need to be restored. I still want to know what must I do to be saved. I still want to know what must I do to walk on streets of gold. I still want to know what must I, what I got to do to walk in the spirit. I'm not trying to fudge. I'm not trying to live in the world. I'm not trying to straddle. What must I do to be saved? Ah, bam. Ha. Yes. What must I do? Prayer meeting and corporate prayer, which was once our lifeline to God, has been replaced by hot meals with our feet on the couch and living in the homes that God blessed us with. I'm going to just simply say it this way, my friend. We have drifted. We have become what the Bible uses the word lukewarm. Revelation chapter 3, I know your works. You're neither hot, or excuse me, cold nor hot. With that, you were either cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. How many of us would confess to ourselves, you know what, maybe I, the, the, the word has a negative connotation, but maybe I have gotten a little lukewarm. Maybe I have, God. It's not something you want to tell anybody. Maybe I have drifted. But if I'm going to be restored, I've got to recognize and understand I have drifted in this pandemic. I have floated a little bit. It was effortlessly. I was sitting on the inner tube. I was drinking my iced tea. I was singing tunes up into the sky. And I look out and I can't even see the pier anymore. The problem with that is you don't panic because it's so drifting in just a subtle way. If you know you're drifting away from the pier, you would start paddling in. But the thing is, you don't know until you look up and focus. Hey, you know what? I better get to shore. I need to get me some Whoa, where's shore? God needs to restore you. And if we've let down in areas of our life, God, we humbly repent and forgive us. What must I do to be saved? You've got to let that echo in your spirit this week as a pastor, I'm telling you. What must I do to be saved? Not what can I do and still be saved. That's a perverted version of a relationship with God. So what happened to the church? We become influenced by the world. We become spiritually complacent. We have brought into our lives idols, which has replaced God as the number one thing that we used to all agree upon. I'm anticipating God to turn this thing around. 
I'm anticipating God to wake up the sleeping giants of this church. I'm anticipating God to step into some homes and say, peace be still. But before that can happen, my friend, I've got to turn to God and say, God, I think I've drifted. I've neglected you a little bit. I don't really have sin in my life, but you haven't been the primary focus of my life. You're not the first thing I think of every day. And some days I don't even think of you, but I've come clean, God, and I'm in the holy of holies. And I'm anticipating you're going to forgive me. I'm anticipating you're going to anoint me. I'm anticipating mm, you're going to restore me. What? No, not to my original state, but double and triple fold according to the word of God, according to the book of Job. Anticipate. Oh, someone shout anticipate. Woo! Revelations 2 and 4, we know it, but let me just reference it. I got a revelation this morning in Revelation. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. You guys know how the rest of it goes? Because what? I used to always quote and read because you've lost your first love. And I read it this morning, Brother Tony. You know what it actually says, folks? It says you have left your first love. When you lose something, you don't know where it is. When you lost something, you're scrambling. And you're graveling to find where it is. I lost it. But when I leave something, well, watch this. I left my house this morning, but I know where it's at. I parked my car and I left the car and I walked into this church. But I know how to get back to my car because I didn't lose it. I just left it. So if I left my first love, I know where it is. I can see it from here. I know how to get back to it. The problem is I left it. All right. I drifted from it. And I'm saying, hey, there's my car. When church is over, I'm walking that way to get in my car. But I temporarily left it so I could come and worship with people. I didn't lose my car. I know where it's at. So the Bible actually says that you have left your first love. So here's what I got a revelation also. That if I left my first love, I said, oh, I love God. I come to church. I stream from home. I do a combination of both. I'm staying safe. But see, you still know where your first love is. You can see it. And so if it's not your first love, now that makes it your third or fourth love, and something's replaced that that has become first. Hello, somebody. Can I preach to you a little bit, some pastoral concerns? There's something always first. First is never vacant. First is never fill in the blank. There's always a first, second, and third. And so for some of us, if we're not careful during a pandemic, if we're going to be restored, we got to realize, you know what? I left my first love first, and now I actually have a third love, which is God. And a couple of things came up in front of there, and now that is an obstruction between me and God. I left my first love. Why would you leave it? Why would you leave your house this morning, Pastor? Because I had to go to work. Why would you leave your car down there by the admin office? Because I had to get in the church. I have a reason why I left it. Right. I think every one of us, Brother Dorval, have a reason why we left our first love. I got sloppy. I got scared. I, got, I was spinning out of control. Well, that's the purpose of this Anticipate series is to anticipate God's going to bring you back and restore you double-fold, and God's going to be first in your life, and you're not going to leave your first love. In fact, you're going to go back to it with an aggression and an expectation that God is going to do something greater than he's ever done in your life. That's anticipation. 
So maybe, Brother Garcia, in my own little brain, what must I do to be saved? You got to go back and find your first love. Kind of like you say, why don't you start there? And when you figure that out, come back and ask me next Sunday. What must I do to be saved? Go back and find your first love. Why? Because you left it. You know where it's at. You know how you were before the pandemic. Come on, we're not naive. We're not ignorant. We know our own devices. Romans, the writer, chapter 1 says this, and I quote, They have exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And worshiped and served the created things rather than the creator who forever praised. Who is forever praised. We've got our priorities wrong. Today, a call goes out from behind this pulpit. And it's simply four words. Let's return to God. Let's return to God. To God. Someone come on, shout it with me. Let's return to God. Come on again. Let's return to God. Come on now in your preacher voice. Let's return to God in the name of Jesus. This is so. Ha! Let's return to the deep relationship with God again. Let's cry out unto God and say, Father, restore my relationship with you. We've got to eliminate any obstructions or obstacles that has become number one and number two and maybe in number three and number four. If you've left your first love, come on, be honest with me now. What number is your love now? Is it your second love? That's mighty noble of you. If you're honest with God, come on, just look in the mirror and say, you know what, God, honestly, you're my sixth love. I messed up. I don't know what I did. But I got to leapfrog you over those, and I need help, and I'm sorry. And I want to be better than I was in March. I want to be holier. I want to have more faith. I want to be kinder. I want to be less judgmental. I want to be less condescending. What are you saying? I'm saying, come on, let's return to God. And that all of you, I would send you out from this church. And if you're watching online, when you disconnect and log off, that every one of us that are listening to this message, that you will go back to your first love because you know where it is. You know where it is. You left it. You didn't lose it. And let's break down the barriers that block us from having a meaningful, meaningful relationship with God. That takes work. Here, here's what I found out. Living for God is kind of like dieting. It's easy to put on the pounds, and it's harder to get them off. It's easier to drift than to claw and fight my way back. The energy, effort, effort. It's way easier, Sister Doris, just to go down to the donut shop and binge. Actually, that sounds fun and good, tell you the truth. I feel like I want to order a pizza and a large fry with it. I told my wife, one of these days, if, if I commit suicide, oh, don't say that. No, I'm talking about like if I eat a dozen donuts. <laughs> hey, guys, leave him alone. He died happy. Whatever. God bless his soul. He died craving something. 
But it's way harder, much harder to fight back and lose those pounds and get back to your fighting weight. You see, when you're gaining those pounds, you don't sweat. You don't dread it. But when you're working out to lose them and you're eating all that nasty old stuff, you're sweating, you got a bad day, you're in a bad mood. Man, I didn't get a bad mood gaining weight. I might as well just keep gaining weight. I was happier. That's a little of a perverted view of life. But say, hey, if you're going to have to claw your way back to the Holy of Holies, it's going to take some work. It's going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to focus. I'm going to return back to God. I'm going to lean into the Holy of Holies because I've leaned to the outer court. And this pandemic has messed with everybody, messed with all of us. I'm talking spiritually. I don't think that, if they didn't ask me, but if heaven asked me, I said, this is not a good time to come back because not every church is holy. Not every person's got to, please don't come back right now, I beg thee. Can you let us get it together and, and find our first love? Before you come back, God, can you give us a little bit of time so we can all hit the reset button and we can anticipate when you do come back? Hey, we got a church here that's holy, without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. And I'm not sure I could stand on the Holy of Holies and say that this morning for this church of the living God. So what are you saying? I'm saying return to God. Return to God. Get back to your first love. You know where it is. You know what to do. It takes work. Come on, it takes motivation. It takes anticipation. It takes restoration. But I'm willing. I'm up for it. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die weak and anemic and some shriveled up apostolic Christian. No, I'm vibrant. I believe in God. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, you shall cast out devils. In my name, if you pick up. Come on. Return back to God, church. If you're online, come on, let's return back to God together as a church of the living God. True vine. Mm. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm asking you, church, come on, hear this clarion call, the clarity of my voice as a pastor. Again, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Hey, we drifted. We didn't run. We lost focus. We're not blind. We left something. We didn't lose it. Not here saying the church is going to hell. But I'm here saying the church, if we're not careful, excuse me, that your attention can be divided. And you can inadvertently serve two masters with your thoughts and your faith. You can live in fear or you can live in faith. Two masters. And probably, honestly, most of, most of us live, bam, right there in the middle. Some things make us afraid and some things boost our faith. Well, yep, that's the point of my message. Anticipation. Key word, Restoration. Restoration. That God would restore. God wants to restore this church, his church. He's looking for you today. Restoration of the home. There should not be much difference between your home and the church, my friend. 
The book of Acts in chapter 2 teaches us that all spiritual activity of the believers did not begin at church, but it began at home. It begins in our homes. There needs to be a restoration of the home where spiritual activity takes place in the home first and then the church. So you're asking, well, what can I do, Pastor? You can make sure that your home is restored. Is your home, I'm going to say it this way, in compliance with the Holy Word of God? Is the atmosphere of my home, Brother Blair, compliant with the Holy of Holies? Here's the thing. I'm in charge of that. You're in charge of yours. I'm trying to preach down to where you can understand me this morning. Spiritual activity takes place in the home and then the church. What are you streaming at home? What are you binging on at home? Oh, Ben Hur and the Ten Commandments? Praise the Lord. Oh, you're not? The atmosphere should be equal to the house of God. What's the difference? My opinion? Location. I live in North Temecula by the mall. The church is in South Temecula in Old Town. But if I'm going to stay holy, Brother Tony, I can't be living in the den of iniquity the other six days of the week. I can't be pumping garbage in that is contrary to the Word of God. Romans 1 talks about that. And about the last verse of chapter 1, I believe, it said, and they took pleasure in them that do those things. What does that mean? Hey, I don't believe in running around. I don't believe in affairs. I don't believe in sexual activity. I don't believe in blah, blah, blah. But I take pleasure in watching it. Hey, Romans chapter 1, go read it. Just, if you don't want to bore yourself, just jump down to the last verse. Are you taking pleasure in things that are contrary to the house of God? And then you wonder why your home's not holy? And you wonder why things are getting out of hand? And you wonder why you're not spiritual? And you're wondering why you can't say to the mountain, Be thou removed, and it's cast into the sea? Are you... Man, Pastor, you're launching this first message like you're all mad. I'm judging myself, right? No, I'm not in a bad mood. My wife wasn't mean to me today. In fact, she ironed my shirt. She did well. She ironed my pants. If you're up here and there are any wrinkles on it, okay? So, no. I didn't drive to church with a chip on my shoulder. I drove to church passionate about waking up the people of God and asking the question, what must I do to be saved? End of slide. End of options. 
I want you to understand that when you walk into your house today after this service, I want you to realize that it's the sanctuary of God. The presence of God should dwell in your home. A home as God intended. A lighthouse for Jesus. The Father as the high priest of your home. A place of regular spiritual activity. Your home should be a place where you worship God as a family. Your home should be a place of peace. An object of the intentional blessings of God. We've got to return back to God, friend. Could you stand with me this morning, please? When you leave this place, I want you to go back. I've said it. It's time for us to restore the commitment and relationship of a pre-pandemic home and a pre-pandemic church. What must I do to be saved? You've got to stay holy. You've got to practice the Word of God in your life. You have to absorb the preaching. You have to be a doer and not just a hearer. You have to work through things. That's what you must do to be saved. And if there's a constant steady stream into my home of music and streaming content that's not holy to God, go to Romans chapter 1. God, is that me? Forgive me, God. My God, have mercy. I come clean. I'm sincere, folks. I haven't talked to anybody. I'm in my mind, I'm just thinking, God, now's not a good time to come back. Now's not a good time, God. Just say the body of Christ regardless of denomination because I know how humans are humanity Chris brother Tony I'm a pastor but keep me out of the holy of holies long enough and I become fleshly and carnal I'm telling you that as a pastor and you're thinking oh poor pastor no poor you too my point is we have to have a personal relationship with God. You could work at a grocery store, at a car lot, be a pastor. This pandemic has messed everybody up. So I simply close and just say, let's return to God. And let's judge ourselves. We took communion last week, and in the epistles there, I think the essence of communion is that it's self-examination. And, and the writer writes something, Brother Blair, to the effect, judge yourself lest ye be judged. Okay, no, no. Because when I judge myself, Sister Rodland, I'm a little more kind. Okay, it's okay. Don't do that again. Don't do that again. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, let's try this again. But if someone else judges me, the hammer comes down. So why don't we just judge ourselves? I get it, God. I'm kind of afraid of you in this moment. 
but I know you love me and I don't want to be like this. And I'm coming to you. You're not chasing me with calamity. I'm coming to you. What am I doing? I'm returning to you, God. Voluntarily. I'm anticipating. Let's pray. We have five stickers up here. Five of you want to social distance and get to the altar. However you get to God, just get to God this week. Next week is another part of anticipate. But I'm really concerned that we return to God. Heavenly Father, I have preached God from a pastor's heart. I'm asking you to give revelations and some dreams this week. I'm asking God that you would make someone toss and turn in their sleep or however you would talk to them. God, I don't want to orchestrate that. I just want you to be God as we return to you, God. We want to anticipate restoration. I'm anticipating being way better of a pastor than I was last March than I am today. I'm anticipating, God, I'm going to be a better dad and a better husband. I am anticipating for this church. I speak for this church. I speak for the online viewers. I speak for those, God, that are standing here, that we are coming to the Holy of Holies anticipating a restoration in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.